Beautiful listeners, you know we love you, and we appreciate all the support you've given us to this point. If you would like to further support us in our art, in our effort to allow these wonderful conversations to continue to take place, head over to patreon.com slash inside the sound. Welcome back inside the sound. This is Michael. And this is Ryan. Is your computer okay? Because mine is sounded like something exploded there. Might just be on my end. You talking about the opener? The yeah. The music? Okay. Well, yeah. I mean, you're having computer issues on technical issues on aisle five. And so. You know, your audio quality is probably not going to be as good as you're used to with those awesome headphones you wear. But yeah, we're good, man. It's working. We're all working. Great. Great. And yeah, fantastic. Thank you for joining us today, Ryan. But you know what? We actually have, we've got a special guest joining us today. And we're very pleased to have you here. Would you care to introduce yourself to our beautiful listeners? Yeah, my name's uh, Kale. I'm the uh, lead guitarist for uh, the band Vaudevillain. There it is. <laughs> Bit of delayed reaction there, but in my defense, um, I'm slow. <laughs> <laughs> You know, the show must go on, right? Sometimes you got equipment malfunctions and, you know, <laughs> delayed button pushing, but you just, I, you roll with it, you know? It's the peak of professionalism, Frank, frankly, that I appreciate about you know, <laughs> what you and I do and bring to the, to the world. Uh, Kale, you know what, Kale? I think to start, this is what's on my brain. We got, we have to talk about the Gibson guitar tone. Mm. Um me and Michael have come around to it and we kind of feel like there's something special about Gibson. Um, what made you want to play a Gibson or how did you end up there? Well, the, our whole second album, I actually um, used a, a Gibson uh, and it's kind of funny. I got it when I was around 16. Uh, it just happened to be a used gibson in their local guitar shop for like 500 dollars, and i played it and i liked it um but you know it was 500 dollars, so i figured there's no way i was gonna get it uh, but right uh, my parents got it for me for christmas and i just just played it you know nonstop. um and then fast forward to about 10 years when i uh, recorded the the album and uh that guitar just sounded the best uh, coming out of the amp that was at the studio. Um, and it, it played really good too. 
Um, and it was one of those things where I didn't have any idea what type of pickups were in it. I couldn't tell you the exact year it was made. Um, it just sounded good. <laughs> and I just played it. Um, but as time's gone on, you know, I've looked at it more and I've found out it was kind of a, it was like a limited run. I think it was like, they call it like Gibson Les Paul platinum or something. Um, it was okay. Kind of, yeah. It was kind of like, uh, you know, sparkly, sparkly blue with like some kind of like faded Chrome or, um, matte Chrome kind of hardware. But anyways, um, I have several Gibsons. I like them all. Um, and I think, I think I like them so much cause, uh, Slash was one of my favorite guitar players when I was younger. And I, I just like, uh, I've just liked them. And now that I'm a little older and can actually aff afford to own a Gibson, that's usually what I gravitate towards. Yeah. Slash. We, uh, cool. we all appreciate Slash. Yeah. <laughs> It just, he makes, yeah, he makes it cool, and and I don't know what it is about the Les Paul and the Gibson with Slash, but it's like this, it's this, I don't know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know. Well, anyway, I can understand what you where you're coming from there. Yeah, definitely. Okay. Go ahead. I'm having a hard time hearing you. But go ahead. Yeah, I'm having a hard time hearing you as well. Again, technical issues. Um, no, I just, uh, I'm kind of curious about well i want to take a, like a few steps back um we talked about like the gibson right where did the music thing come from what what are your what's your musical origin story uh well uh, i believe i was you know i just started playing guitar when i was around 13 and you know taking lessons and stuff like that and um i i started writing my own stuff fairly early um it wasn't very good but i just started writing things down um and as the years went on you know i just kind of took more lessons um i kind of got better and better um but actually around the time when i was in college i actually kind of stopped and um just didn't really play much at all in high school i thought you know i'd like to do music you know <laughs> for a living, I'd like to, you know, spend all my time doing that. But as I got older, I realized that was a little unrealistic. So in college, I almost kind of just gave up in a, in a sense, but, um, I don't know what happened, but I kind of picked it up again and I started writing more music again. And that kind of, um, evolved into our first album. Just, I was like, I just want to do this. I want to record something. Um, and that was something my younger self would have never thought I would have been able to do. Um, and then I met, um, Brooke, who's the singer. Um, and, uh, I actually brought her in just to do kind of like backup vocals, um, in our first album, but she did such a good job. I was like, no, you should just be the lead singer. So, um, right. so I got to focus on just playing guitar and, she was able to, uh, you know, do a great job singing. Um, and I didn't have to worry about finding a singer or doing any of the vocals myself, which would have been awful. <laughs> How, um, so the music that we're hearing now, it sounds like it was a pretty long time in the making. Then, huh? Uh, a little bit. Um, the, 
so like the clips of like the music videos and stuff that have been on Instagram, that's um, from our second album, um, which was actually recorded mostly pre COVID. Um, it was early 2019. Um, I believe we finished recording um, around 2020 um, prior to COVID. Um, and um yeah, I'm taking, I'm taking my time. Uh, we got it, um, you know, all mixed and mastered, um, about, I believe it was September of either 20, I think, I believe it was September, 2020. So it's been almost done almost a whole year, but, um, wow. I'm wanting, I wanted to do some music videos, um, because I thought, you know, if I'm going to promote this and put it out there, I might as well do a music video and do something, do something fun. Um, but it was, it was a lot of fun doing the music videos. Um, so I'm glad, I'm glad I did that, but hopefully the plan is to release it here, maybe June or July. We have, okay. uh, we have one more music video that's going to come out and I'm editing that. Um, and then, um, around the time that comes out, I think is when I'll put the album out. Okay. Hey, you guys are doing everything then. That's a lot of work from start to finish there. Yeah. Yeah. It was, um, it t takes, takes a while. And I know, um, you know, some people are able to, you know, record and mix master an album and put it out there fairly quick, but, um, I'm taking my time. I think, think our third album will come out a little bit faster. I'm kind of getting used to the process. Um, you know, I have a couple thoughts. Um, taking a couple of steps back what do you remember what it was that made you even want to pick up a guitar in the first place were there any other musicians in your family or was it just you loved the music so much you wanted to try it yeah i think uh it was just something i wanted to do uh, i had like a like a a kid acoustic guitar, you know, kind of one of the smaller ones. Um, I think I got one of those for Christmas one year when I was pretty young and I didn't play it for years. Um, and then one day I just picked it up and decided I wanted to play it. And, um, from there I started actually discovering more, um, music, um, a lot of, you know, rock music from the seventies, eighties. Um, I kind of discovered, um, music actually from playing guitar. And people, uh, people would be like, oh, well, you should learn this song or what about, you know, take a listen to this song. And that was, I think that was oh, how right. I discovered uh, Stairway to Heaven is someone just mentioned, oh, that, that song has a cool guitar part. And I hadn't even heard it yet. <laughs> so, yeah. Yeah. The same thing happened to me when I was learning guitar. Hey, check this out. Check, check that out. Yeah. <laughs> you got to play that. I'm like, okay. Yeah. Um, that's that's probably where you discovered a lot of these guitar players too. I know for me when I was learning and you want to hear the best, at least I did, I wanted to hear the best guitar players in action. So I discovered a lot of music the same way, which is pretty cool. Mm -hmm. And I'm, I think I'm still discovering, um, you know, even just even new songs, new artists and, you know, new guitar players. I think well, that's part all the of time. You have a man. It's, it's going to last the rest of your life. If you keep at it, there's, there's, mm -hmm. there's so many, and dude, I can tell you just from doing this, this show and 
how many, right, how many dozens and dozens and dozens and hundreds and thousands of talented people actually exist in the world. It's incredible that it, this is the cool thing about living in the future, man, is like we get to, we get to do that because, <clears throat> you know, I don't have to worry about hunting down some, I don't know, bison or whatever. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, You're going that far back with I'm it. I'm going far back. Can you imagine? Like, I just, it's just, it's cool to me that that process gets to continue. And it's the same for me. It's like all the, all the, all the music that's like the nearest and dearest to my heart that I didn't myself stumble across just randomly was like my buddies I was playing guitar with and like, what did they share with me? And like, dude, I mean, I, I, can you remember when I was totally, there was a point in my life where I was like, Oh, Joe Satriani. That's, that doesn't seem like I'd be interested in that. Do you remember that Ryan? And then like, I called you one day at guitar center. Do you remember that? When you saw the light. Okay. I kid you not. I was working at guitar center. I was old enough to have a job at guitar center before. (laughs) And then like, you know how guitar center just had stuff on loop. Like different, you know, different music and stuff. Joe Satch came on, I think, it, and it was it was a Raspberry Jam Delta Number Five or something like that that came on, and I was like, I've heard this before, and I was like, Oh wait, Joe Satch, it just like, Poof. I was like, Man, this guy's so good, and I went and listened to the whole album, and I, it's it's like I'm always reaching out to Ryan, I'm like, Hey dude, I don't know if you've heard about this Joe Satriani guy, but he's really good. <laughs> <laughs> you know, like, well, there's uh, a lot of talented players and and all all genres of of music and you can still appreciate the the technicality or the musicianship even if you're not necessarily 100 percent into the genre of music 100 percent yeah and uh the other thought i had uh, i was curious about how, how what made you want to start but also you talked about and we've talked a lot about this that period in life where you're like can I be a musician full time or am I going to have to go to school and, you know, pursue a different career path? Um, what made you want to come back to the guitar ultimately? Yeah, I think it, it wasn't really anything that I, you know, consciously decided. I think it just kind of happened. Um, I think I was in college and I just brought the guitar uh, to my dorm room one day. And I think it just sat there, uh, probably for a week or two. And then I decided to play it a little bit and then I played it a little bit more. And eventually I was playing it out in, you know, kind of this little commons area where everyone else can just hang out. And I was just playing it more and more. And I guess I kind of rediscovered it and realized I really like doing this. I really like playing this thing. (laughs) And, uh, it helped that my roommate, uh also played guitar so we both uh, oh yeah were interested Jamming in it. Out, yeah. yeah so that that helped um and i just kind of stuck with it and uh i think i think somebody was like oh you should learn this song and that kind of brought me back to you know i like to figure things out uh, and it's almost kind of like a, a little bit of a challenge to hear a song and then want to play it you know be able to learn it um and that's 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 kind of fun for me too. Not only playing my own stuff, but being able to play other songs that I like listening to. Yeah, actually, that makes me uh, curious. So, like, yeah, you you know, you you play, you start playing other people's music, things like that. What made you? Where did this the music like the music that comes from you? Where did that come from? And what made you decide 
that you wanted to write your own stuff? Where did that come from? I think it just kind of started with when I really didn't know what I was doing. Uh, you know, any, you know, even chords or theory or any of that type of stuff. I just kind of played a little thing and I was like, Oh, that sounded cool. And it, it was probably like a three note little <laughs> sequence that I just thought sounded cool when I was 13. But um, I just kind of carried that uh, throughout my whole, you know, playing, uh, playing time, playing guitar when I was just like, Oh, that sounded cool. And that eventually evolved into whole, you know, chord progressions or solos or, you know, most of it was just, yeah, I think that sounds cool. <laughs> just, well, it seems like you liked it. Yeah. Mm. yeah and you know some of um some of the solos i play on uh especially this album are not very technical and not very fast or not very flashy but um i kind of thought they kind of fit the song and they were just kind of fun to play and i didn't have to focus super hard to play the solos no, which that was fun because i li we listened to i listened to one the um, there's your video that you that you put out, Moonlight, mm. and it's funny that that's exactly how I would describe the guitar work. It's like it's not overdone, it's not overthought. Like it, it seemed like it, it it was very, it came off as very natural. It's just funny to hear you describe it. It's like yeah, that's that's it, it matches up with what I I thought about. It. I thought it was very good. I I enjoyed it because it was like melodic. And it was like, well, and dude, the guitar riffs were chunky. And, and Ryan pointed it out to me too. And I was like, man, that's that, that, it's not, is it the opening riff or is it like, yeah, the chugging, the chugging guitar riff is very, uh, hypnotic in that song. Oh, yeah. I mean, like, right in. I was like, okay, yeah, yeah. I, I, this is, this is what I'm looking for, this is what I want. Like, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. The, um, I kind of took different approaches when I was recording, like, solos in that album because i was trying to find out what worked for me and the moonlight solo most of it um i had recorded or written down prior to going to the studio but some of the solos on that album i just went in and just kind of started playing um we we haven't released any of these um clips yet but there's actually a couple acoustic uh acoustic guitar songs on that album and the solos on that i basically just sat down and just played it and so they were kind of improvised um but i you know there's do you, do you feel a difference between like do you prefer writing over improvisational solos or do like you know what's your take on that do you uh do you like i mean it sounds like you have both you must like both or like what do you prefer or do you prefer one i do um i do like just sitting down and just going um you know just doing a solo but um what that can sometimes what that turns into is um, I get a little bit carried away and then I end up messing up. So, <laughs> um, so I think, I think it's uh, I think what I found, I think will work best for me is to um, improvise when I'm at home and kind of get down little chunks that work together for a solo. And then when I go to the studio, just, just nail it. Um, Cause that, that, that'll save a lot of time too. A lot of studio time. Um, but it is, it is fun to just sit down and, and go. And I think for those two acoustic songs, they worked out really well to just improvise. Um, but, um, some of the, the 
you know, the heavier songs, the distorted songs. Um, when I tried to improvise it, I think it turned out okay, but I think if I spent more time, I could have had the solos sound better. Um, but either way, it was still, it was still fun and just kind of uh, what, what came out at the time. You feel like there's like a, there's like a right mix or a balance between what you improvise and what you write. Like you, if you're aiming for something somewhere in between, basically. Yeah, I think so. Um, and I think what will probably, um, what I'll try next time probably is, um, you know, get kind of like a rough idea, like even just recorded like on GarageBand and then kind of improvise over that and then, you know, get stuff I like. And then when I'm at the studio, I know exactly what I'm going to play and kind of have it down before I go. Yeah. You know, you brought um, something up as far as guitar soloing. Yeah. I believe you said that you had to figure out what fit the song, mm -hmm. what was right for the song. And it's, it's always an interesting discussion for us to have with other guitar players is the fact that there's an infinite amount of possibilities and techniques that you can employ. But sometimes we overcomplicate it a little bit. You know, like you said, sometimes it's easy to lose sight of the fact that we just have to make something that fits the song. Mm. Yeah. And um, I want, I wanted to have guitar solos in my song because I like listening to songs that have guitar solos. Um, but I always thought that um, the main focus would be the, the vocals and the, and the singing. Um, but I still wanted to have guitar solos um, in the songs. So I didn't want, I did, I really didn't want my guitar solos to be like the most memorable part of the song. I want it to be more about the vocals Um but I still wanted to do the guitar solos because I like them and I like yeah. songs that have them, but um, it was doesn't never feel the... right without one. Right. <laughs> yeah. It doesn't quite yeah. feel right about creating a memorable guitar solo. I think you have to not be trying to create a memorable guitar solo. Mm. Isn't that weird? Yeah. Like, it's... Like, I don't know. If, can you do that consciously? Like, I don't know. <laughs> like, I don't know. Well, I think, some some songs I feel like I've heard, you know, when they were recording it at the time, they felt like it could be memorable, but it wasn't like they went in ahead of time planning yeah. it that way. Yeah, it's this weird boundary that I, I'm just fascinated by. And I'm just I, I love I love getting in the space with other guitar players because it's like it's so it's so like, I don't know, what's the word? It's like, mystery. you know what? We get to nerd out. And I, That's there's, okay. this is a moment here where I'd like to nerd out as guitar players. What are some of your favorite guitar solos? Hmm. Well, I, uh, one of the first ones I actually ever learned was the guitar solo to Stairway to Heaven. Um, and I know probably, uh, I know that's kind of, I don't know if it's cliche or a little bit stereotypical or what, but I always know, I think that song gets kind of a bad rap with, with guitar players just cause I guess everyone <laughs> knows it, but that one was really fun for me. And that kind of, um, it kind of started, um, it made me realize that I really like, you know, the, the blues 
style of, of guitar solos and like, you know, the, the minor pentatonics and things like that, but, um, right, yeah. which makes sense kind of why I like slash as well. Cause he kind of has the, that blues style. Um, but that one was, was the first one that I, I learned and it's still, I think one of my favorite ones, cause it's, it's not super complicated either. It's not super, um, you know, it's, it's fun to play and I don't have to, you know, completely, you know, focus on it. It's not, that you know it's not super difficult but it's, it sounds really good and it's really fun to play um but i have learned some really hard ones <laughs> like uh one uh the guitar solo from one by metallica that one is a memorable yeah. one too just because it when i heard it it was it was different i hadn't really heard eddie van halen yet so i really hadn't heard much many tapping you know techniques oh, okay. yet yeah. and i and i just thought that was you know crazy <laughs> at the time but i was like you know, I was, I was, I was younger then. So I was a little bit new to guitar solos, but that one is, um, was one that stuck out in my head, but there's a, a lot of guitar solos even recently, like from ghosts that I think that they don't, nothing is super crazy that they do, but I think it, it sounds really good. Um, you know, a lot of the guitar solos and I, I kind of think it kind of fits the song um yeah, yeah they, and it's yeah not, that's true got a really interesting there there's a few guitar solos i can think of like uh music. from them that yeah yeah i like their palette man like they they i like their stuff man it's good. Mm -hmm. the lead guitar on the song ritual uh mm -hmm. is it's exceptional i think but it's that style too that you're talking about it's a little more the bluesy you know like straightforward rock type of soloing which i enjoy it's yeah it's not over complicated and i think when when you're um writing songs and even recording them um i think if you don't make it overly complicated you can at the same time <laughs> make it complicated like like i i recorded there's like nine guitar tracks on the song on pretty much almost all of the heavy songs. Um, and it's, it's three tracks for each guitar. So we had, um, we had a Marshall and then we had, we actually had two line in guitar, you know, signals, um, just direct, direct in. Um, we split the guitar, you know, chain one to an amp, one to the, the digital. And then I just copied the digital uh, um, input. So there's three, you know, left, three center, three right. And um, that actually wasn't my guitar idea. That was the, the recording um, studio engineer. That was his idea. He was like, oh, we should do this. And it turned out really cool and it makes it, you know, really heavy. But, you know, I think keeping it simple, just having, you know, a riff. And then I just record it three times and it sounds pretty big. <laughs> Yeah, that definitely came through on the recording. That's one thing we were uh, talking about is uh, the tone. It's a very, very filled out, huge type of tone. It definitely came through everything you did there in the studio. Well, it, most of that is from the, the studio engineer. He knows how to mix and he knows how to make everything sound great. I, I really just played the guitar. Uh, he dialed in the settings on the amp. He dialed in the virtual settings on yeah, the, the amps. in your fingers dude the tone is in your consciousness really like, 
Well, well, that's true. But I mean, if the studio engineer went, were, wasn't there, it wouldn't have been as big. Uh, hearing the before and after after it was mixed is is crazy. He really made it yeah, sound no, great. Yeah, like the, the magic that engineers do, the magic that like the, like the produ- like uh, man, who's the one that did Metallica's Black album? Was it Bob Rock? No, he was. Yeah, yeah, Black album. Yeah, that was him. Yeah, I think Black album was and and like like they're sort of like the unsung heroes, you know, in terms of like. Mm. We don't really ever, like some of our favorite songs that we all love, like the, some of the some of the genius. Like it's not just one person. Like it takes it takes a group of people to put this stuff out. You know, what mm-hmm. I mean? it's not just you know, it's not just about any one. But you know, but you're but again, the way I look at it, I see your your hands is doing that work because you know, like I said, bro, the, the dude, the tone, the tone is in your consciousness. It's in your mind, and then you express it with those fingers. And the, the best engineers are the ones that allow that to come through and the, the best and feature the best parts of your tone with how they queue up the in EQ and, you know, and how they, how they track through. And it's, it's a fun experience too, dude. Cause like, then you get to learn, like, I just, I freaking love spending time with, with like producer engineer and like, you know, you know what I mean? Like just spending time. Like I want to be there for everything, for the mastering, for the editing, like, let me see your whole process. I want to understand it all. Mm-hmm. It's like, that's, I don't know. There's like these little gems that you like, oh, okay. Like, like the whole idea of tracking separate guitars over each other. Like, oh, okay. That's, that's a great idea. Like, oh my God, that does fill out this. <laughs> like, it's, it's, a, it's a great tone. Yeah. It's a yeah, great 100%. sound. Yeah. You know, Kale, there's, um, a lot that goes in i mean just getting into the nuances of writing a guitar solo or everything that goes into the studio process and it's a lot of work uh it's it can be really personal too what what do you think it was that made you want to put your music out into the world uh i think it it was something that i always wanted to do um, at some level, I just kind of, uh, gave up before I even tried. Cause I figured, Oh, I live, you know, I live in Oregon. I don't live in California or LA. I, I can't record anything. I can't get anything out there, but, um, I realized I could. And, uh, I think I just kind of was pushed, um, to just, just do it. Um, I think there's a couple things in, um, my life that happened that, I just realized if this is something I want to do, I should do it. Um, you know, and then it, it kind of started from there and I found the studio as close to where I live. Um, I actually, uh, the main reason I wanted to go to that studio was cause he had a JCM 800 and, uh, I just happened to luck out because all the other gear he had was amazing. <laughs> but, um, I think it, it started from, this is something I want to do. Right. And it, it, it kind of, started small i was like okay i've got four songs i think i might do and then that turned into eight and then you know i recorded that album and then i I, as soon as the first album was done i immediately went into the second one because i just had more stuff and um it was i i i enjoyed being in the studio and that was that was a lot of fun and i like you said it it is it's nice to be there through the whole process and, and see how everything's done um i liked being there i was there pretty much as much as I could be as much as uh, the studio engineer would let me. So 
the knowing chuckle. I heard that, Michael. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, same dude. No, a hundred percent. I was just like, can I just hang out and like watch you do stuff and and learn and just shadow you? No, it's it's it, dude. It's a lot of fun. And if I could just spend all my time making music all the time, hmm, maybe <clears throat> maybe I, I should just be doing that. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, ha! But then you know, there's rent to pay. But maybe yeah. I could maybe I could get paid. For that. Yeah, those bills know, get in right? the way. Like, well, I know it's just I love this. I'm just I'm sort of like uh, I'm I'm half being serious and half being out loud. I, it's like, man, it, how fun is that, dude? Like, just I don't know. Tweaking with uh, tweaking audio is so much fun. I have so much more fun doing that than say like editing video. I have a hard time forcing myself to sit in front of a computer screen and edit video. But like I'll sit in front of a screen and edit audio like all day long. <laughs> no problem. Doesn't stress me out. Yeah, it's a it's an interesting process, and uh, you know, uh, Kale, you mentioned uh, that it was something you always kind of wanted to do, and somewhere in the back of your mind, you know, you had the desire to do it. It's just you didn't maybe feel that it was feasible. It must have been a surreal moment when you finally were listening back to uh, a final product, I'm sure. Mm. Yeah, I, uh, I, uh, it's kind of interesting. I recorded the guitars and, and bass. Um, and then I had uh, actually Brooke's brother come in and he played the drums on our first album. And um, it was before any vocals were done. And, um, the studio engineer, Kevin McCarthy, he started mixing it and I was blown away. It didn't sound like me. You know, I knew that I played those guitars and I knew I played the rest, but it didn't sound like, you know, it came from me. I couldn't believe that something like that, you know, <laughs> was something I made. It, it was, it, it was kind of crazy. It blew me away that I, you know, was able to do something like that. And, um, but it, it, it was really cool. Um, once I heard kind of the final product and what it c- could sound like it was, it, it was awesome. Yeah, that's, uh, I've gotten a little taste of it, you know, but uh, Michael talking about uh, taking your time releasing things. <laughs> what are we going on 20 years yeah. with the demo? You know, listen, I'm a perfectionist. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. That's part of it too though, isn't it? Kale or it's just what the heck I'm doing, right? Like, is this what I want people to see? You know what I have? Is it ready to is it ready to be out there? Is this is this what I want to go with? Yeah, I you know, I I struggle with that too and actually um Kevin at the the studio that I've worked at he eventually said, you know, people aren't going to notice that or people aren't going to, you know, you know, hear that or pick up on that, that you, you know, hear it. And he would give me examples of like Beatles songs where there's like weird stuff that goes on and that was put out, you know, and that kind of, you know, made me realize that, you know, it doesn't have to be perfect. And sometimes, if it's a little imperfect, that's what kind of makes it unique. 
and makes it good. Obviously, there's limits to that because obviously, if you really mess up, it doesn't sound, you know, very good. But you know, it, right. you don't have to be, you know, it, it doesn't have to be, you know, absolutely um, per- perfect. No, I guess it doesn't. Well, we uh, we got into that though, Michael. You know, uh, yeah. as far as sometimes if it's too overly polished, you kind of like it doesn't hit you the same way. It uses something. In the yeah. Yeah. Hard to describe. It's like, mm. well, I mean, I don't want to like, I don't want to make it sound like I'm disrespecting someone else's art. And it's not fair to compare the people's music. But that being said, it's like comparing Chinese democracy to anything that Axel, that, uh, that Slash and Axel were a part of before that. It's like, there's a difference. And there's nothing, I like Chinese democracy. It's fine. It's fine the album's fine i'm not dogging that album but it's like it feels different doesn't it hmm. you know it's just over it's it, it over polished is, is the word but i i it's not fair to, to say like oh i'm criticizing i mean come on it's freaking it's freaking axel brilliance right like i'm not you know you hear that axel he's dogging your album <laughs> that chinese dude, democracy oh axel of a big fan bro is don't don't please don't take it the wrong way i'm just saying you know what I mean? Like, I can see it clearly there, and and not that it's, it's something wrong. Like, I like overpolished music too. Here's the thing: I like that stuff too. I like stuff that's been obsessed over too. You know what I mean? I like, but I like all kinds of genres. There's there's different kinds of rock. There's there's how many, uh, you know, how many genres of rock and metal can you count? And then that's not it's like stepping outside of rock. I like pop, and I like these other. You know what I mean? Like, I like I like other stuff. Other you know, other genres and things. So there's just, it's okay that there's, you know, this thing out there. But it's mm. like, I, in my head, like when Ryan brought it up here, it's like, yeah, man, I know, like, uh, hearing you say this stuff, it resonates with me so much because I'm like, man, can I relate to all of this? Like, I, I, I know the feeling. Well, another thing too is, at least when I was, coming up and learning how to play the guitar and getting into music it almost felt like the people that did that were in some weird like mystical alternate dimension like there's no way i could there's no way i'm gonna be able to do this like these people are yeah like there's a you and then once you get into it more it, it demystifies a lot of that and you're like wait a minute these are just people Mm. that are collaborating and and making something awesome like there's you know you're able to do it if you if you want to like there's not it's a lot of work but the especially now with the technology you know mm-hmm. a lot of people are able to get their stuff out there that never would have been able to before you know That's so amazing. yeah you mentioned the working like you know collaboration i think that was part of my problem is i just i kind of assumed that i'd have to do everything myself like you know record everything myself uh play the drums vocals whatever and then when i sort of realized that i needed basically help um you know i found a studio where i could record at i found you know a drummer that could actually play the drums uh i found a singer you know and I started working with other people and that's, I think what made 
you know, my music actually um, not only be released and be finished, but actually, you know, sounded good. <laughs> I realized I couldn't do everything myself and I just kind of focused on what I was good at, which was uh, playing guitar. Uh, where do you find yourself being inspired and how does this music that you've created take shape? Does it start with a riff? Does it start with an idea? Yeah, sometimes it's um, just a riff. Um, how I've been writing music is I've just, you know, play guitar and have a riff or, you know, a progression or something that I like and, you know, I'll write it down, uh, record it on my phone or whatever. And then kind of separately, I write lyrics um, and I don't really combine them uh, until I think I've gotten a song that's kind of fleshed out. Like I have the chord, the, the chord progression. I've got like an intro, you know, verse, chorus, riff, all that kind of thing. And then I look at the song and then I look through lyrics that I've written and see what, what fits. And sometimes I'll write, you know, I'll just start something new and I'll kind of think, okay, this melody could fit here or um, this might work. And, and I rework a lot of the stuff, a lot of the lyrics that I've written, um, almost nothing fits exactly. <laughs> um, and um, I'll kind of get a basic idea of what, what lyrics might work. And then I work with Brooke and she kind of, she'll tweak it and she'll change things and she'll write a lot of new stuff, a lot of new lyrics that actually um, I wouldn't have even thought of. And that that's kind of how the process has worked um, so far is I'll kind of get a riff and then I'll have a basic idea for lyrics. And then Brooke takes those lyrics and then we kind of go back and forth and we refine it and we find something that, that fits. Um, and it's, it sounds, when I explain it, it sounds kind of messy and complicated, but, um, I think everybody has their own pro uh, process and, um, sometimes the music comes first and sometimes the lyrics come first. It kind of just depends. Um, but I, if I try to sit down and write something, usually it's, it's not very good. Usually anything that I write that I actually like and that I stick with is something when I'm not. I guess, trying, you know, if it's forced, it's usually not that good um, or it's not very memorable to me or it doesn't, you know, like if I sit down and say, yeah, I'm going to write a song. Um, you know, if I come back the next day, I probably won't remember what I wrote because <laughs> it's not, it wasn't very good. It didn't really stay with me. Um, usually anything that I've, I've written is something that I just sit down and just pick up the guitar and play something. And I'm like, Oh, that's that sounds pretty good. <laughs> yeah, it feels like the the basic unit of uh, musical it's like riffs. It's like here's a little riff, and then it's like ah okay, I don't know, <laughs> like just just one little thing, and then you're like oh okay, I can expand this. You know what I mean? Like I don't know how to explain it, but I ca I call that a riff is what I call that. Mm. But I don't know if that's the right word. For it. That's an interesting point. Uh, was the riff was any riff that came to me or that I, I started to play, was it memorable enough to me to, to even want to do anything with it? 
And it's kind of funny because it got me thinking there are those riffs that you like to play that you came up with and they kind of stick around, you know, they hang around. And uh, I never really thought about that, but there are certain ones that you end up really falling in love with mm-hmm. that you want to keep playing or that kind of hang around in the background and end up becoming something. It's kind of interesting. Yeah. A lot of the, I mean, it, sometimes they're just fun to play and that's, that's why they stick with me. <laughs> I think, uh, I think that process, I think Metallica uses a similar process because I feel like I've heard them explain how their process and, um, and I think they've mentioned that sometimes, you know, they'll play a riff and it just doesn't stick around. You know, if it's good, you're going to remember it. And if it's fun, you're going to remember it. And it's not something you're going to forget. Aren't riffs like people too? Like <laughs> the good ones stick around? The ones that <laughs> Wow. I, <laughs> funny. I don't know if I'm too philosophical here. I just, I don't know you're, like, I like, I want, I want that riff to come back and hang well, around. I mean, another way to say it is, is like, you know, all the world's a stage, right? Like someone said that little, you know, Shakespeare said it better, but I just feel like, you know, we all have our, our entrances and parties. We're all just riffs, you know, in other people's lives. We're not, because we're the only ones that get to spend our entire lives with ourselves. Otherwise, <laughs> you know, you pop in and you leave. You're a riff, you know what I mean? Like, you know, people are like music. I, I just, I don't know. It's weird. I like comparing people to music. Yeah, you do. And that that comparison you just made now is a bit of a stretch. What's a stretch? But exactly. You get scientific. Okay, never mind. Philosophical. You know I mean? Well, I think like people like riffs. I don't I don't mean that you should be trying on riffs and like discarding people. I just mean, <laughs> I just think like the natural course of your relationships and friendships and business relationships and, and it's like you know, the stuff that you really want in your life, you you either you yourself make room or they just stick around. You know what I mean? Like, it's the same thing with a job or with a, um, any circumstance you find yourself in. It's like, what do I want to spend my time doing? You know, what riff? Another thing uh, that kind of ties in is, was it fun to play? Yeah. Don't you find yourself spending the most time with people that can have fun, that can... You know, what makes a riff fun to play? You want to get philosophical? I don't know what it is, but yeah, that feeling, that's that's kind of what you want to infuse into the music that you're making. You know, you want to have a, you want to have fun while you're playing it, you know? I don't know what that is. I know what you mean. It's like, yeah, you do, you do. It's like, what's fun to play? How do you put your finger on I mean, do you, I don't know. Do you know Kale? Like, what do you put your finger on? Like, what what's fun for me to play? You know what I mean? Like, what do you? Well, all the time. So, sometimes it depends on, you know, even the guitar or the amp. Or sometimes, uh, if it's like, oh, that sounds really heavy, and it's just it's just kind of <laughs> fun to play, and it just sounds sounds cool. Sometimes that's that's what I'll do. I'll just plug in, and it just sounds super heavy, and I kind of go with it. But <laughs> it's. I don't know. Right. Sometimes it's just how it makes me makes me feel. I think is, you know, when I'm playing it, how I feel. It's like, you know, that's that's sounds cool, and I want to keep going, <laughs> keep playing it. Yeah, it's a feeling. When it, yeah, that, I think I don't think we can escape that, right, Michael? Nope. Um, when it came to. Uh, 
picking your sound uh was was that calculated um what type of music you wanted to make or was it was it just a completely natural thing and you just went with it uh, i think it was natural i think I, i've always um ever since i got an amp that you know had distortion on it i think i wanted to play heavy stuff um and a lot of you know the music that i listen to it's a lot of you know heavy distorted amps and so it i think it kind of just seemed natural that yeah that's what i was going to play that's what i like playing um but uh it doesn't have it's not always super fast but it's it's usually you know distorted and uh, that's what i like playing although I do also like acoustic songs, which is why there's a couple of acoustic songs on the second album, but um, it's just, that's just kind of what I was drawn to. And um, I used to um, like plug into an amp and just try and get it as heavy or as distorted <laughs> I could. And it usually didn't sound that great, but it was just, it's just like, Oh, how heavy can I get it? You know? Um, of course yeah. it was, it, it wasn't, it wasn't an which amp. Which is not was, a bad thing to do. That's no. a very healthy thing to try. <laughs> yeah, it was, it didn't always sound good, but it was, it was, it was fun. And a lot of, you know, my favorite bands, that's what they play is, you know, heavy stuff, like, you know, Ghost, Metallica and Black Sabbath, those type of groups, they're all play pretty heavy, heavy riffs. Um, they're not always the most distorted. I'll say that, but they're usually pretty heavy. Welcome to the dark side, Michael. <laughs> <laughs> You've come around to the heaviness. Yeah, you know, I, I, I turned around. It wasn't necessarily what I was like searching for. There's something to me also about shimmer. So like I like um what's a good example of this? Okay, like like red hot chili peppers, you know, you've got more of a shimmery sound with the guitar because it's less I mean, in some albums there's that distortion, but it's like a lot of that stuff or no, what's another good example? Uh uh Slide by the Goo Goo Dolls. It's like a shimmer sound like this this clean sound a lot of that was like early early on for me what i was like seeking and i don't know it was just a weird religious upbringing where it's like metal is evil so i can't listen to it or what the devil's music the devil's music the devil's I, I just i don't know what it was but it, it was enough that it just i don't know for a long time i, I liked some of it but it was like oh it's forbidden fruit you know what i mean like, like I, had to stay away. <laughs> I stay away from the forbidden fruit and these days i just i can appreciate it aesthetically for it's like it's oh it's cool shit i just you know what i mean like but 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 yeah back in the day oh yeah i was like uh i'd, I'd roll my eyes at like say like say metallica i'm like oh I'm, i know what that's all about it's boring you know what I mean? Like, and yet I had no idea. Like, I, I just heard a few of their songs, and my friends really liked it. Some of them, my friends liked it, and I was like, "No, I'm not looking for that. I'm looking for something." I just didn't know. And so over the years, and with you know a lot of Ryan likes to bring it up because he's influenced me in, in, in a way. But definitely, like now I look and like, man, the last uh, was it 2016? The Hardwired to Self Destruct, like Metallica's last one, like that was. That one uh, was great. Like I, I was jamming on that recently, and I know Ryan and I were talking about it. And I was like, you know, I was talking about. It. We were talking about it. He's like, he brought the same thing up again. It's like, you know, you come around to the dark side. I'm like, well, you know, I don't know. I just, <laughs> I like it. it's good stuff. I don't know. I think I'm just as an older man now. I'm an old man now. I'm almost forty. 
I just feel like I can appreciate different styles of music and, you know, metal included. <laughs> I don't know. Is that enough? Is that, is that a good answer to your question, Ryan? Enough rambling? <laughs> there is something to that, though. Like, oh, the yeah. intensity of the heavy guitar sound. You know, it's like, where else are you going to get that? Sometimes you want that intensity. Mm. Yeah, and it's like, there's only a... I don't want to say there's there's a lot of great music out there. Don't get me wrong, but there's like there's a there's only certain bands that do certain that that'll hit it for me. I can't describe it. I don't know about you, Kale, but like some of the ones you've listed, like okay, like Zeppelin. You've been you mentioned Zeppelin a few times. Like there was a like right around the time I did my first album, like I was heavy into Zeppelin at that point. Like I was like such a I was just so into it. It was just so cool. I'm like, this is the best. And looking back, you know, after doing an album myself and, and gaining more of an engineer's ear, I can hear a lot of more, like, just the way it was produced. You can tell, like, oh, okay, this was back in the 70s. They didn't have the fancy computers necessarily to do all the same things that I can do now with the click of a button. It's incredible, right? <clears throat> like, like, okay, maybe, you know, because a lot of what they were doing in the 70s, they, there's not a lot of copy and pasting, right? It's not editing with audio. It's like you had to play that dang song the whole way through. Mm-hmm. is how they used to record it right so it's just and now that we don't you know as artists and as, it's, as musicians we don't really record that way as much anymore it's different you know what I mean so it, mm-hmm. it's just anyway but my I, I'm on wait like three tangents here dang it Ryan but, I, <laughs> but, on, but my point was my point was yes I agree I don't I'm, I'm sorry I've lost my train of thought here in terms of what I was uh, getting at getting after but you know what I mean? Like I was into Zeppelin. I I I just had to bring that up because you've been mentioned a few times, and I, I like it too. They're good, they're good stuff. Um, and I had a point with this. Well, you think about Metallica, Black Sabbath, and Led Zeppelin. Just the catalog of those three bands alone. How many awesome guitar riffs come from that? See, yeah, it's almost unbelievable. <laughs> Yeah, it's not like I don't want to listen to other people's music. And I do. I do listen to other music, too. And it's like sometimes only that will do. Does that make sense? There's the thank you, Ryan, uh, for helping me, sir. Uh, coming back to that. That was my point. Yeah. You, you guys know what I mean? You guys know. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Um, Kale, for people that want to you know, delve into your music, is there a specific song or a specific thing that you would say start start here check this out um yeah i mean the the first album we have it on you know a couple different places um youtube spotify itunes whatever the um the two songs from that that i think are kind of the highlights are um uh what i've become and um comes at night um those two i think are um really good but um the the two songs we have on uh youtube right now that are music videos i think those are um a good place <laughs> probably a good place to start they sound i'll say they sound better i think we we got a lot better at making songs writing songs and even how we recorded everything um I think was better. It was just an overall improvement from the second what, album. What was the other one? Cause one's moonlight. What's the other song? Uh, trapped inside a dream. Trapped 
that that one uh we put out um uh on youtube a couple weeks ago cool um and right now i haven't you know released them like as singles or anything so really the only way to hear it is you know basically to go watch the music video but um eventually here yeah. yeah uh in in a month or two they'll be on um spotify and you know apple music all those everything yeah see and i dig the aesthetic man i do it's cool check it out yeah it's it's uh haunting the haunting there's a haunting element to the music it's uh hypnotic in a way yeah 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 Hmm. yeah i think uh i think a couple people have mentioned that and i was like oh okay (laughs) you know i didn't that's that's what's kind of interesting about music when you write something um you kind of have your own take on it and then when you release it other people say oh this you know they they basically tell you what it makes them kind of think of or their take on it and sometimes it's like yeah that's what i was going for and other times it's like oh i didn't even think of it you know kind of it's 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 interesting because it can you know it can mean anything to anyone it means different things to different people yeah it's it is cool though the uh you know the balance between the vocal style and the the heaviness of it like the heaviness is is there you know mm-hmm. it definitely is yeah, but yeah i think think oh what was that go ahead i was gonna say yeah i like heavy i like heavy guitars so <laughs> that's why that's so what so i like to record so let's <laughs> But yeah, I think her her vocal style is it's kind of a contrast because it's like mean, angry, kind of heavy guitars, and then her vocals is is kind of a contradiction to that. It's a little, I guess, more calm. <laughs> but I think I like I like it. I like how it it's worked out so far. I like how it sounds so far. Yeah, it caught uh, it caught our ear. So uh, we de- we wanted to talk to you guys and. Uh, you know, thanks. Thanks for being here and, and talking about your musical journey and mm-hmm. and everything that came along with it. We appreciate it. Yeah. Yeah. No problem. I'm happy to, uh, you know, happy to, to be here. It was, it was fun. I enjoyed it. For sure. Now, we always do this at the end of every uh, conversation. We like to ask for uh, we call it words. He also needs to get his socials and everything out there. I thought we did the socials. No, the YouTube, right? YouTube and well, yeah, what is the social? Well, yeah, let's do that. Let's do the, um, well, I think we, we have it here. Vada Villain. It's Vada, right, with the A. Yeah, V-A-U-D-A. Yeah, it's, I think the French spelling is V-A-U-D-E. <laughs> but I changed it to V-A-U-D-A. V-A-U-D-A Villain. Vada Villain. V-I-L-A-I-N. Vada Villain. Yeah, the inst- Yeah, that's yeah, that's the Instagram and then YouTube, Facebook is just Vaudevillain. Beautiful listeners, check them out. Follow them, subscribe, check out their music. Enjoy. Haunting haunting aesthetic with the heavy aesthetic, it's perfect. Melodic and, and crunchy. Good stuff. Um Agreed. Agreed. <laughs> well, thank you. <laughs> yeah. Did I forget anything else, Ryan, or did I get did I get that? 
I'm kind of surprised, like how, like, well, this always happens. Like the time just flew by, and I was like, dang. Uh, you were about to to ask Kayla a question. I think I when I interrupted. Yeah, just making sure I didn't forget anything. Uh, Kayla, right. no, you're you good. Like to do this this word of wisdom thing, and and the whole idea is, uh, you know, anything you'd like to share, anything on your on your heart, or your mind that you'd like to 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 tell our beautiful listeners. It doesn't have to necessarily be advice about music, but any words of wisdom you'd like to share. I think I I mentioned it, you know, once or twice that I didn't think I could, you know make music or I didn't think I could record an album, but um, I could, anybody, anybody can. And just because you think you, you can't, uh, you know, that shouldn't stop you. Um, I think I let it, I let myself get discouraged and I could have, I could have done this sooner. Um, but I discouraged myself by kind of doubting what I could do um, or doubting what was possible. Um, and really, you know, you can, you can do it. Um, and I wouldn't, <laughs> I wouldn't doubt yourself. That's, that's the big thing. Um, and it's something I wanted to do and it's, I'm making music that I like and, um, that's, that's enough for me, um, that I like my own music and I'm happy that other people like it. Um, that's, um, that's great. That's great too. <laughs> Um, I'm, I'm glad I'm able to share it and that other people, um, like it. Um, but oh, yeah. yeah. Thank you. Thank mm-hmm. you for us. That's the stories that we, those are the stories we like to hear for real. Mm-hmm. Dude. For real. Ryan, what about you, man? I, you got anything, any words of wisdom you'd like to share for the listeners? Let's just be wild and free, baby. <laughs> Um, go check out Vaudeville and I, uh, you, you took the leap and made it happen we appreciate that you know yeah heck yeah oh, yeah. you know what and I'd like to add my own little word of wisdom and just uh, you know you're better late than never mm. and uh, you know we love y'all listeners thank you and talk to you later bye <laughs>